You know, up where I am, in the state shaped like a mitten, people are starting to wear them as the first flakes fly, the temperatures sink, and the closest proximity to warmth is sitting next to some guy at the Detroit Lions game who gargles with Tabasco. So it seems like a good time to kind of snuggle up for some of my favorite tales from the beat from 50 years of pounding them out. So let's start with something that has to do with really cold weather. Yeah, it, cold weather, all right. One that shows the cold heart of a TV assignment editor, especially one at a network, CNN specifically. So here we are, based in Detroit, and we're told, go on up to International Falls, Minnesota, to do a story on the coldest town in America. Sounds like a great assignment, right? Well, they said, here's the deal. Um, you could normally fly through the Twin Cities, then um, get a commuter plane directly up to International Falls, but could save 100 bucks a person if you only fly as far as Bemidji, then drive the last 110 miles up to International Falls. Now, we traveled with a crew of four, so that would be a total savings of, what, 400 bucks? Okay. Get to Bemidji, and it's like 11 o'clock at night. Uh, they didn't have any national uh, rental car uh, companies there at the time. And it's just this uh, old guy at some, some desk, and he says, Well, I've got, I've got an old Econoline van for you. And guess what? Since you're my last one of the night, you can drive me home and drop me off since I don't have a car of my own. Okay, this is getting real strange. Anyway, we, okay, we drop the guy off. And no sooner do we drop him off, uh, the van just starts coughing and coughing and like it's going to die. I said, no way, we're going to drive 110 miles in the snow, uh, in the dark, uh, with this piece of junk. So we got it to get back to the airport, called the guy, and he said, well, I don't have any other vehicles, so you're stuck. So we spend the night in the Holiday Inn at the airport. And the next morning, try to get another car, which we couldn't get, and get a cab to take us up to International Falls, which no cab driver was going to do that, but suggested, hey, you could charter a plane. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? Charter a plane, uh, and they'll take you up there. And I called uh, around, and they said, yeah, sure. When do you want to leave? I said, I don't know, an hour. He said, sure. I said, how much? He goes, 400 bucks. So, okay, <laughs> the 400 bucks CNN saved by not flying us directly to the story was out the window. Anyway, I'm going to cut to the chase. We finally get all the way up to International Falls, and seems like they, it was cold there, but it seems like for them it was a heat wave. And the bottom line is back in Detroit, yes, back in Detroit, it was actually 25 degrees colder than it was in the coldest town in America.
And there you have that story. All right. Well, it gets weirder. Uh, it can only get weirder. Still at CNN, one of my favorite assignments ever was covering the referendum in Quebec back in the 90s on whether or not uh, the province would declare independence from Canada. We started in the nation's capital of Ottawa, spent most of our time in Montreal, but headed up to Quebec City to kind of get a sense of uh, the sentiment there. Oh, it's a beautiful, if you've never been, it's a beautiful town. You feel like you're in Europe. And we camped out uh, in front of the beautiful landmark Frontenac Hotel, high up on a bluff above the St. Lawrence River. We found an old French-Canadian gent who drove a horse-drawn carriage for tourists, and in between fares, he said he'd do an interview. Well, we insisted. His horses were right behind him. It just it was a gorgeous shot. It was great. Except about a minute into the interview, he started hearing a sound. Then we found the source. And then we got out of its way as one of his horses was peeing up a tributary to the St. Lawrence. But the old guy was so lost in his thoughts about the vote, he never blinked. He just kept talking. We finally had to stop when my cameraman just started laughing hysterically, and we all, we all just broke up. And the guy says, uh, what is it? And we pointed, and he shrugs and grins and just asked, are you going to use that as a good shot, no? We, oui. we. Oui. You know, I love PR people, some less than others. When I was working at the Detroit News. A PR woman pitched a story about a new automotive research lab she said was being built by a locally-based supplier in upstate New York. Well, the story worked for our weekly page profiling a supplier, so I traipse out to the distant burbs from our newsroom in downtown Detroit to do some interviews. No Zoom yet. Well, plus, I wanted to see the model of the lab. Well, I get there and do the interview and was told the model wasn't quite ready yet. All right. Well, I get back to the office, and before I start writing, I email the PR person to say, you know, when are you going to send me the photos of the lab that you had promised? I didn't hear back for a little while. My deadline's approaching. Finally, an email appears. Oh, Ed, this is so embarrassing. Did I... Did I make it seem like the lab was actually being built? Oh, I'm sorry. They haven't even broken ground. But I thought if I told you that, you wouldn't do the story. And I, I really needed a win. Yeah, nah, you lose me forever. All right, finally, while I was uh, back again at CNN... I covered lots of natural disasters, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes. Yeah, tornadoes, like the one that blew through the area of Fort Smith, Arkansas, around 1999. We got out there as fast as we could from Detroit via Dallas-Fort Worth. Word on the street was a subdivision just north of town was hardest hit, so we made that our first stop. Oh, yeah, it was bad. The sub was fairly new with some nice houses but many of them were reduced to matchsticks. Well, as usual, we um, sought interviews with people impacted by the twister, and that's when I really got weird. First, we hear a woman moaning, 
Oh, my two-year-old. My two-year-old. Wait, hurry over. Ma'am, ma'am, what happened? What happened? Oh, she cried. My two-year-old's missing. I ask. A boy or a girl? She wails. Schnauzer! Oh, bummer. So we go across the street where a rather attractive young lady is watching us. I'll talk, she says. I ask about the damage to her place. Well, she says, it kind of capped off a rough couple of days. Oh, yeah, really? Tell me about it. Well, Sunday, my husband walked out on me. Monday, I got laid off. Now today, the storm blew my Corvette into the pool. That's terrible, I say. She says, yeah, no kidding. I'm going to surely miss that car. You can't make this stuff up. And that's Tales from the Deep for this week. Thanks a lot for listening. Hope you'll share, subscribe, comment. I'll be back next week with more tales. I'm Ed Garston. Take care. <laughs>